Hi, hello, hola, and hello. Welcome to My Kids Think I'm Cool, but podcast. A podcast about getting knocked up in a foreign country, families living abroad, and raising children in a different culture. All while trying to keep your cool and not lose your shit. I'm your host, Jackie, an American Filipino mom living in Denmark, and my kids think I'm cool, but... My daughter's Danish is getting more and more advanced as she gets older. I am noticing when I'm saying, okay, honey, yes, honey. Uh, I'm not really paying attention to her uh, because it's just habit for me to say, oh, okay, really? Yeah, that's that's nice. And I'm going to really get myself into trouble because one day she'll trick me and say something. And uh, she'll say, oh, you agreed to it. And it's just not going to be a good thing. So I definitely have to ste- step up my game on my Danish here and really start learning it because my daughter she's only uh, four years old turning five soon and her Danish is so amazing and um, mine is still in two-year-old level so I'm stepping up my game and going back to school hopefully soon and uh, catch up with her because I don't want her when she gets older to trick me and say something different and say you agreed to it when she said it in Danish anyways I am super excited for today's episode because I will be interviewing an American from San Francisco uh, well around San Francisco uh, San Francisco is a huge city and there's little cities around it but Everyone knows San Francisco, so I'm just going to say San Francisco. She was born in India, but raised in the U.S. I am happy to have her here to talk about her experience in Denmark. We sort of have a similar background because also I was born in the Philippines and grew up in, um, not San Francisco, but in Los Angeles. So we kind of have a similar background in uh, getting raised by a parent that is from another country. And... So now, today, let me introduce you to Strichu, and I probably said that wrong, Jan Anderson from California. She lives in Denmark with her husband and her lovely son. So let's get to it. Hi, Strichu. And I said your name wrong again. I'm so sorry. Um, thank you for taking the time to be on this episode of My Kids Think I'm Cool, but podcast. So how are you today? And I messed up your name. I'm sorry. Hi, Jackie. Hi. Um, it's so nice to uh, so nice to be here today, and thank you so much for having me here today. I will say my name for you. It's uh, Srishti Jane Andreessen. Yeah, Srishti. And, um, I... yeah, <laughs> it's a tongue twister. I totally understand. Okay, I'm, um, I'm not the only uh, one that messes it up, right? Like, don't no, make me feel you're bad. Not. Okay, <laughs> but because... we do live in Denmark, where all the words are hard to say. So yeah, that, yeah. that makes it easier. <laughs> Definitely, because um, now I'm like, if I say something wrong, I'm like, oh. <laughs> I feel so bad. I'm so sorry. And I was no, practicing don't, don't your name and I was like, I am probably butchering your name because I was like, okay, in my head, I think Danish sometimes. So I'm like, okay, I have to have a certain, I have to say a certain letter a certain way. And then I was like, oh, maybe it's English, American English. I was like, no, but she's from India. And so I was like, ah, so I'll just ask you. It's totally fine. But yeah, the Srishti Jane Andreas. I love the work that you're doing. I think it's so helpful. There are so many moms out there that 
come to Denmark from other countries and they don't really, they have lots of questions, but they don't really know who to ask or how to even ask some of these things. There's also people that are considering moving to Denmark and don't know, you know, how things are, whether they should move or not. So I think your, your podcasts and work are so helpful for parents, especially like moms to be able to know all the different areas and things and questions and even then to chat with you maybe potentially later and ask you more. So thank you for doing this. Oh, thank you. That means the world for me. I was like thinking, I was like, I'm probably talking to dead air, but there's people actually emailing me. So I'm really happy. Are you saying like, oh, thank you. So that makes me extremely happy. Before we talk about your life here in Denmark or, you know, your life in the U.S., what were you doing before you came to Denmark? You know, just explain to the listeners who you are, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. So before I moved to Denmark, I knew very little about the country and the Nordics in general. I feel a little bit surprised by that because I'm so globally traveled through my lifetime. But most of my knowledge was actually about Sweden and also the energy efficiency that the Nordics in general have deployed and how they're so environmentally friendly. And that's actually what I knew most about in terms of the Nordics and the culture. And I knew it was very different, much colder in the Nordics as well. So I was based in Palo Alto, California. Mm-hmm. A lot of people might know it for the proximity to Stanford University. And it's a suburb of San Francisco, as you said. And I've been uh, working in a software company called RS Software. And I lead business development for the company. And we focus on creating products and platforms for enabling digital payments. Mm. So that's the area of work that I've been uh, in. Before I started working full-time, I went to UC Davis, University of California, Davis, for my bachelor's in neurobiology, and then did a master's in Washington, D.C. in biomedical engineering and entrepreneurship. So that was uh, living in D.C. was my first time living in a big city and using the public transportation. And, and I realized I just loved that life and it was so exciting and I really like that lifestyle. So when I would come to Europe after that, I, I really enjoyed being able to explore the various museums and take the public transportations and the trains and all of that. And it was a really nice experience for me. Yeah, that sounds so amazing. You've been to like first San Francisco and then DC and now uh, Copenhagen where public yeah. transportation is definitely the thing. Or have you taken up biking yet? <laughs> So I actually never learned how to bike growing up and I moved here eight months pregnant. Okay. So, and then now I'm pregnant with my second. So the goal is definitely to to learn how to bike once I'm not pregnant. <laughs> so I don't injure anything. But yeah, so hopefully this summer, I want to be able to learn how to bike. Yeah, you're actually my second guest that learned how to bike in Denmark. So it's definitely a biking community. And that's amazing that you want to take it up. Soon you're going to be on one of those Christiana bikes, I think they call it, where they have like a little bikes. Yeah, they have a little bucket in front and you're just riding around with your kids. You're going to get to that level. I mean, those are actually easier to learn to ride because they have a little motor and they're really heavy. It's really hard to fall over on them. So the balance part is not really so hard. I'd like to learn how to ride a regular bike. Yeah. Um, But the Christiania bike shouldn't be too hard to master. That's what I hear. Yeah, that's good that you wanted to try that. I'm afraid I'm going to I'm going to fall. I ride bikes. (laughs) That one just scares me. It's so big and bulky. (laughs) Um, It is big, but I hear it's not bad. Yeah. 
I definitely won't be riding in a snowstorm, though. No, definitely not. <laughs> I'm not. I, I haven't integrated that much. <laughs> I can imagine coming from LA. It's a big change. Yeah, it is. Let's talk about your life in Palo Alto or uh, San Francisco, where a lot of people will know it more. Before we jump into your life, uh, family life here in uh, Denmark, since you grew up with both your parents coming from India, uh, like you said, one of your your parents came from India and then your dad was in the U.S. before for 15 years. How was it like for your childhood growing up with your parents having an Indian background? So both my parents are Indian, as yeah. you said, and they were born and raised there. My dad moved to California when he was 21. So yeah. he came here and did his master's, his MBA, and then started his company in California. Sorry, here and in California. I think so. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then they got married when he was 25 and my mom was 22. So when yeah. my mom came for the first time after their wedding, they both have very strong roots in the Indian tradition, in tradition, in family, in culture. So where it's said that the U.S. is more focused on the nuclear family, my parents have always raised my brother. I have an older brother and me with having family values and family culture and the importance of, you know, keeping the roots alive and also language. So my brother and I both speak and read and write Hindi, which is the national language in Northern India Mm -hmm. fluently. Fluently in the level of, I don't think we could write a book, like a literature book, but we definitely fluent in the language and communication and reading and, and works ways. So yeah, so we also have grown up very close to our grandparents. So we've spent extensive time living with grandparents as well on my dad's side and both my parents' siblings that have been in the... In, uh, so my dad's sister is based in uh, Southern California and my mom's sister is based in Toronto. So we've spent time with them every year. We've seen other siblings as well too, but those are the main ones we've seen and their kids. So we grew up with very strong ties to family and culture and traditions. But the thing that's unique about my parents, both of them actually, is that they have a very strong global interest. And while most of their peers or other Indian families would find the Indian community and uh, Indian friends circle and pretty much stay within them, my parents have always had friends that are from both American background. So when I say American, it's a whole plethora of different mm-hmm. cultures, especially yeah. in California and, and Indian background. So we had friends from all areas. So that has made my brother and I, I would say our experience growing up in the U.S. very similar to any other American family. And my parents also have had a lot of friends in Europe. And so every year they would really focus on extensively traveling globally. And our European holidays was our favorite time of the year. And we got to come and see some of the families that they've been very close to and be part of some of their cultural traditions and things. So I think that that's kind of brought a really unique blend to my brother and me. Because, I mean, in a way, I would say that we're almost colorblind, as in race is not the first thing we see when we see a person. We've been used to seeing people from all different ethnicities and backgrounds and you know, the way they choose to do things and lifestyles and things. So that's really helped us to be a truly global family. And that's what I would say has been like a great experience for us. That sounds so amazing because I've had some friends that just stick to their culture and stick to what they know. And that's amazing that your family has expanded out. And it's it's a normal thing to just have friends from all over the world and yeah. uh, be outside of your culture. How did your parents keep the traditions alive in your childhood since you had all these different influences, but also at the same time, your traditions and culture was important. 
to you. Yeah, definitely. So like I said, we also lived for some time with my uh, mm-hmm. dad's parents. So that was grandparents in close. My parents made a lot of effort every year to keep a new traditions alive. So whether that meant my mom getting like traditional Indian clothing for us, that for all the different Indian festivals or weddings or family gatherings. So we were all excited that we get to wear these new clothes. Or my dad would sit down with us and share his experiences with his own family traditions during these different festivals. My family follows a religion called Jainism. So that's why my previous last name was Jain. And it's an offshoot of uh, Hinduism as a religion. So there were two major holidays that that we celebrated on a larger scale. We, of Mm -hmm. course, uh, observed many of the other traditions as well through the year. But Indian New Year, Diwali, which is usually October, November timeframe, it's the Festival of Lights. That was big in our home. And then somewhere between August and September is when there's a a period of nine days for the Jane auspicious time. And we would observe that as well. Sometimes we would have Jane priestesses come to our home, priests and priestesses, and we would learn from them and ask them questions, etc. So as a family, you know, on Indian New Year, we always dressed up. We had nice clothes. My mom and I would prep the little Indian temple. We always had a temple in our house and uh, light candles all over the house. And my mom would make an Indian feast. And as I got older, I would help her. So we would sit down and do the prayers that my dad would lead every year. And then we finish the prayers and we would all enjoy this big feast and have some nice drinks as we got older. So it's very much of, you know, being together. And my parents have always been very good that no questions were taboo. So they would always share with us everything that they knew and they would let be open to any kinds of questions and openness. So they never said, no, we have to do this or that's just how it is kind of thing. So I think that made my brother and I have more of a desire to follow the traditions mm. versus being forced. And that's really helped because now both my brother and I have them in our homes. Mm-hmm. He's married to actually a half Swedish American woman and I'm married to a Danish man. So, yeah. You guys are keeping the Nordic uh, tradition. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. <laughs> Does your brother live in Scandinavia? California. Or- California, okay. He's in California. He's in San Jose. Oh, okay. Okay, so he yeah. stayed back there and then you moved. He stayed there. He moved yeah, to Denmark. Because uh, my sister-in-law is, uh, she's born and raised in California. Okay. And her, her parents have been too. So she's, I mean, like one of her grandparents was okay. Swedish. Yeah. Okay. When you say about, uh, when you're talking about the Indian feasts or Indian festivals, I have a lot of Indian friends in Los Angeles and you guys know how to throw parties and eat <laughs> good food. So I <laughs> love going to, a, for example, an Indian uh, wedding. They are so much fun. And so the clothes you guys wear and then the celebration, it's just amazing. And I really enjoyed that I had friends who were able to share that with me. And it's just a whole different world when you see it and you can, everyone's just so happy. I loved it. <laughs> I miss it. <laughs> the funny thing is when I moved here to Denmark, I was in a, a Facebook group you know, of Americans in Denmark and I found someone that was from my city that graduated uh, from high school, I think eight years ahead of me. But she was from my city mm-hmm. and she moved to Denmark and she was Indian. And we oh. actually had like the same friends and it was just such a small world because I, I messaged her. And I was like, hey, are you from Cyprus? He's like, yeah. I was like, I grew up there. And so we met up a couple times for coffee. And it was just nice to see someone from your hometown and kind of talk about the same things. So, yeah, it just reminded me of her. I was like, ah. Such a small world, uh, especially, you know, when you live in a small, I live in a small city here in Denmark and who knows who to run into. (laughs) 
Now let's get into your life in Denmark. A lot of Danes or a lot, just a lot of people just wonder, like, how did you get to Denmark? What made you come move to Denmark? So as I said, I was, I still do. I lead business development globally for my company. So the largest payments conference was taking place in Copenhagen in June of 2017. So I decided to travel over to Copenhagen for to attend the conference. And I plan to spend a week. So the conference is about four days, uh, five days. And then I had a couple extra days that I wanted to see Copenhagen that never really explored the area. And through the week that I was here, of course, I was working and doing everything, but I kept hearing about Roskilde Music Festival, which was also happening during that time, that week. And everybody was telling me about it. And I, in my hotel, I would see like, you know, people coming back drunk in the different times of the evenings and things. So I realized it's something in my head. I was like, okay, something like Coachella or something. I like it's a week long <laughs> festival. So the very, the conference ended and then I got invited by a few people to join a private group to go to the, con- uh, to go to the concert for a day. We fully arranged and we'd get to go on a bus and come back that night. So I wouldn't have to worry about night stays or camping or anything of that sort. And it was very spontaneous for me. It's not something that I would do because I, I came here alone. Not, not, none of my colleagues were here. So it's just me. And I decided to go. But I was so nervous the next morning when I, so we met, we're meeting at Central Train Station to take a bus over. And I was so nervous to uh, to go and do this. And so I looked up a taxi and how do you get back if I'm like super uncomfortable. And I did know that it was very safe that, you know, Danish men are not like, uh, they wouldn't disrespect the woman, yeah. like it's not common and things like that. So I went there and then I, I thought I was at the spot where the bus would come. And then I saw a guy across the street and something just made me smile at him. And I liked what I saw. <laughs> and um, he also was smiling back at me at the same time. Turned out that he was actually part of the same private group. Uh, I never met him. But we met that day and uh, he's now my husband, <laughs> but we spent uh, 48 hours together. So the day of the concert, the next day he took me out and then I left for Iceland. And that was that was it. That was history. I thought I'd never see him again, but we ended up talking and things. And then uh, both reasons, work, work brought me back to Europe again six weeks later. So we met again and a few times. So that was we met in June. And then in October, I officially moved to the UK. But funny enough, he got a different role at his company at Deske Bank and he had to move to the UK. So in July, he met moved to the UK. So we were in the same uh, area then and we ended up uh, being able to, you know, then really grow our relationship. Yeah, that's an amazing story. Like you said, this is not you that would go to a random no. concert with random people, but something pushed you to go go to it and you met your yeah. husband. <laughs> yeah, it's just so funny. You guys probably like think about it back then and just if that moment never even happened you guys would have crossed paths and never even met each other yeah and it's funny enough because just before i came to denmark i so in india it's common to be match made into a marriage so one of my dad's family members really recommended a matchmaker for me and my parents asked me i was like yeah yeah it's okay you can talk to them so i just agreed and i and i was getting these like profiles of these indian guys and then i met i met sarah and my husband now and Yeah, so so that never happened, obviously. I never yeah. went down that route. But funny enough, yeah, I would have gone, I could have gone down that route too. So you never know what life has in store. Yeah, definitely. With the matchmaking thing, that's normal in the Indian culture for your parents to matchmake you. It's normal to be offered as a suggestion. So I wasn't okay. in a relationship. Okay. And so my parents asked if I would want them to like uh, look and I was like, yeah, sure. But it's my parents and I've always had a very good relationship. So it would never be something forced. It yeah. would never be something. It was more like just another avenue of meeting people because I was I was traveling a lot for like 
from work, since I started working, I just, you know, I would be traveling three, four times a month internally within the US. And then I would have my long international trips where I would be gone for six weeks at a time. So I just didn't have a lot of like time or interest yeah. in doing a lot of dating. And I guess I just didn't meet someone that I, you know, I always wanted to fall for a guy. But the practical side of me was like, that doesn't happen. These are fairy tales. And yeah, but it happened. Yeah, it so, did. <laughs> yeah, I felt so hard. And I was like, what? You were not supposed to fall for a guy. Yeah, you're like, this doesn't happen. <laughs> but you secretly <laughs> wanted it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So when you made the move from, you know, the US to Denmark, what were are some of your culture shocks when you move to Denmark compared to the US? So I'm very, you can probably tell already, I'm very extrovert not going. And mm -hmm. so it's easy for me to, you know, you're also from LA. So you understand it's not so uncommon to chat with strangers if you're like, you know, waiting in line at Target or something. And so I was surprised with how that's not really accepted in Denmark. And that was different for me because I was like, I could chat with anybody. So that was a bit different for me. It's not that they're mean. It's just, you know, it's just uncommon. So I think that part was different. Actually, a big part that was that surprised me in the beginning was that everyone spoke English and that there was no cashews anywhere. Even like small kiosks and everything that was like completely cashless. And I was like, wow, that's really advanced and uh, impressive. Uh, so that was a big thing for sure. But uh, I think more the you know, talking to strangers and then part and then I didn't have to go through this because my husband's Danish and he, he's also an extrovert, so he has many friends. But it's, I can understand it can be hard to meet new people because, you know, it's just not that common to just chat with people when you're like doing something. I would say that would be the main thing. This wasn't really a shock, but I was pleasantly surprised with the, the way that women are given priority and equality in mm -hmm. Denmark and the Nordics in general. The maternity leave, the, you know, the pay for like getting the child support from the government when you have a child. Overall, just how everything just works here. It just works. And it's so efficient. Yeah. And I wouldn't say that's a shock. I think that's a really pleasant surprise. And I'm very happy. <laughs> yeah, I was also, I wasn't shocked, but I was really happy of the efficiency of the how to pay for bills. Yeah. When you get uh, mails from the government, you don't get the paper mail or, yeah. or something. No paper. Like, yeah, no, no paper. So it's <laughs> so nice. It just goes in your inbox and you get it. So that was really, it's like no mess because I remember just getting like papers from the bank, for example. You get those monthly bank statements. We're just like, come on. Yeah. I know you yeah. can probably now, you can probably check, stop sending me paper mail. But when I first moved here, it's like, wow, it's like everything's so easy. And then when you said about talking to random strangers, I also had a hard, not hard time, but was shocked that not everyone talked to each other. It's natural us from us from California. Yeah, so I understand. Yeah, it's natural to like sitting next to someone and then strike up a conversation or something like that. And I've done it a, a couple of times and it's either like a strike out or kind of like, oh, yeah, and they start talking. So it's hit, hit or miss. <laughs> Definitely. It is. Yeah. When you're, especially when you're an extrovert. I remember I was just smiling at random people and my husband or boyfriend at the time was like, why are you smiling at people? I was like, does no one smile here? They're like, no, you just, you just don't, you don't smile at random people. You just, that's not something you do. I was like, okay. So, it's a learning. Yeah. Yeah, it is learning. And I've learned, I'm still learning, you know, seven years later, I'm still learning. <laughs> it's always something new to learn. What was the hardest thing for you to adapt to when you moved to Denmark? So while everyone speaks English, I think it is hard with the, the language when it comes to, you know, 
the commune or any government organization. But that's also true in California. Like if I would go to the DMB or, you know, other like places, I would see the people that were struggling in Spanish or something. They just weren't treated the same way. Yeah. Unfortunately, but that's that that's how it was. So it's true in any country that your preferred language is the local language. So I think the hardest part initially was just uh, right. I've come to Europe my whole life. I've never lived here. So we actually had it a much easier route because my husband was already based in the UK. So we went through the spouse of a European citizen route, which is much faster. And we never had to live apart. And cheaper. Yeah, exactly. No deposits, none of that money thing. But that was a bit like navigating through that was Mm -hmm. a bit hard. My father-in-law doesn't speak any English. He's the only one in my husband's family. Everybody speaks English. He just just didn't want to. So I think the first time when I went to a family gathering, and of course, my husband chose to not even tell me this. And I was like, how is this going to work? (laughs) I don't know. I'm like, you know, so I was so surprised. So I think I knew I had to learn the language, which I want to do anyway. And I love learning languages, but but it is hard to learn the language as well. So I'm trying now and learning it. And so I think I would say that, like that part, navigating the, whatever it's called, visa, residence card thing, and then the language part. The language, yeah. I've been living here seven years and I'm struggling with the language still. Like I, I can communicate, I can get through it and I can speak it fine, but I still have dead ends with it. Yeah. And I think it's because my job has always been English and I was yeah. never pushed to with me. to do it. Is I'm, your boyfriend or husband uh, Danish? Yeah, he's Dane. You could choose to speak in Danish to him. Yeah, but it's, I don't. <laughs> I don't do it either. <laughs> I'm, I don't know if we're going to get things done if I do that. <laughs> But his parents helped me. His parents helped me. His mom doesn't speak English. So it's kind of, I'm kind of okay. in the same boat where you are, where his uh, family, does, they speak English, but not fluently or anything. But I can get by to speaking with them. But I speak, Dan- I speak Danish to them. I try to speak as much Danish as I can. And if I struggle, I... I go, I move over. It becomes like Danglish. Yeah, <laughs> no, I understand. And I do the same. I also uh, use Danish with them now because I've been learning it for about a year now. So I use as much Danish as I can. Yeah, that's the only way to learn it is go out yeah. and push yourself to learn the language. And I, I still am. Luckily, now I can understand it more and communicate. I can make more sentences versus that's nice. my name is Jacqueline. <laughs> I've moved past that. I had both my kids in Denmark, but when I was pregnant with my first child, I really had a hard time being a new mother and also being away from friends and family when I had her and trying to navigate through a a new country being a parent. What was it for you when you had your son? What did you have to overcome becoming a mother or international mother? Um, That's a great question. So when we got married, we got married at the Kronberg slot. In uh, September 2018. So it was a really, so the weddings you talked about, we had the big fat Indian wedding, we had the big fat Danish wedding, and it was like a big thing, but we got pregnant instantly. And so, so I was a little bit, I had a little bit of a freak out moment when I realized I was pregnant, not because of the baby, but because I was like, I haven't driven yet in Denmark. I don't know the language. Like, how will I navigate like the, the system? I came to know that the gynecologists don't deliver the babies here at Midwives do. And I was really like concerned about that. And uh, someone I wasn't worried about it until someone asked me like, oh, are you concerned that at the labor, like everyone's just going to be speaking in Danish around you and you're not going to understand anything. And I'm like, well, now I am. So <laughs> I was very worried, like uh, leading up to the birth, but 
the healthcare system was really nice here. I got special permission to see a gynecologist just for my mental satisfaction before I delivered. And I just had to come to terms with the fact that I'm not going to know anybody in the delivery room and that the midwives would keep switching and that there would be different people and I just wouldn't know anybody. But post the birth, I was very, of course, new mom, new challenges, everyone has them. But I was really impressed with the kind of support that moms have and the amount of uh, focus and attention that uh, Denmark places on their mom's mental well-being. So having the home nurse and checking on the mom's depression or postpartum signs, you know, helping with breastfeeding and the support groups, like the number of different groups that exist of moms being able to meet each other. And the mother's group was amazing. I'm still really good friends with my mother's group. And so I feel so fortunate to have had my baby here and now my second one as well, because I think it couldn't be a better system that's in place. I did miss my family and my friends. Fortunately, I got to spend, I spent six weeks of my pregnancy in California. And then after my son was born, I spent, when he was 40 days old, I flew with my mom to California and I spent about four or five weeks there then as well. And then my husband and I spent a month there as well during the Basel maternity leave. So I actually did get a lot of family time, which was really nice. And my mom also came out for the birth and she was here for about three or four weeks. So a couple of weeks before and a couple of weeks after. So that was really nice. So I kind of had a lot of support and saw friends and family. That's really good that you had that opportunity to go back to the States and then also with your mom coming here. So you had that support. And also with the yeah. with the home nurse. I was surprised about the home nurse when I heard about it. And even the mother group. Because mo- my mother group, not like saying that I was depressed, but it really saved me from going down that route. Because, you know, doing it alone in your house all the time with, with your baby. It's nice to have a support group. I don't know if you had an international one, but I was lucky enough to have an international one to join when I had my I first baby. We were I did, because inter- I didn't speak any Danish yeah. at all then. So that, that's really good because in some, you know, if you live in a smaller city in Denmark, you don't get these smaller international groups because they're usually majority Danes that have kids in that in that city. So they book you up with a Danish group, which is which is fine. Yeah. My second one, when I had my second baby, I had a Danish mother group because I wanted to improve my Danish. And they were wonderful ladies. I really enjoyed my time. But um, I think the level of being able to click with them uh, culturally was was harder because they were in the same level of Danish, of course, and also just culturally. It was different. It was just a different feeling. And I had a good time, but it was just wasn't the same as my first one, which was my international group where we met like every week and even every weekend or anything like that. So it was nice to have that group, yeah. group as my first mother group that really supported me. Yeah, I can understand that. Besides like the giving the birth and then like with being with the mother group, what do you think is uh, the hardest thing living in Denmark and being a mother at the, at the same time for you? I think it hasn't been hard living in Denmark until <laughs> the lockdown with the pandemic. Oh, yeah. uh, I think that's been hard because uh, both my husband and I were traveling three or four days a week and across Europe. So it was actually very exciting. So it was nice. But since March of last year, 
we're coming up to year about that now. Of course, the lockdown has been happening. And that's been like, it's made my life here very real. I've very much, uh, I've gotten closer to my friends here, uh, which is nice. And it's really settled in my life here. Fortunately for me, it hasn't been very hard. Yeah. Having a Danish partner really helps because he knows the system. He knows, like, if I say, you know, I don't know where to find this. And he, he knows what kind of stores would sell them and those kinds of things. Driving here is really easy. It's like not very different from California. So that's nice. I can easily get around. And so I think it hasn't been very hard for me, uh, fortunately, because of having a strong support with my Danish husband and Danish friends. I do. I was fortunate to be accepted well with my Danish friends and they are happy to speak in English and things with me. And then they know I'm trying to learn the language as well. I've also made several other international friends. I have American friends. I have other friends. So it's. I think it's been quite nice. And a child keeps you quite busy and it's yeah. just a lovely experience i mean i'm totally in love with my son so it i think it's been nice and i and i fortunately my parents do get to travel and come so they spent two and a half months with me at the end of last year so that was nice to see them and spend some time with them yeah that, that's the hardest part we miss the travel yeah especially when yeah. your life revolves around around travel yeah. the same for my husband and i were used this is the longest we've been in denmark so yeah. it was really difficult when the lockdown happened where both of us were always, you know, traveling back and forth from the U.S. or he's traveling uh, for work or I was also traveling for work. So that was really difficult to just stay in one country yeah. a whole year. For so long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for so long. So but I like, did get to see a lot of Denmark. Like I put, I started making a list of places I wanted to see in Denmark. So we went to Bornholm in July and that was just gorgeous. And we've seen like so many of the different like places around Copenhagen and like a few hour drive and in Neuland where my husband's family is. So it's been kind of nice, like just explore. I mean, I'm a tr- I'm new here, so it's nice to see the new places here. Yeah, there's so that's the thing, kind of forced to stay in Denmark. I didn't really notice. I knew about all the stuff around Denmark, but I was just like, oh, but there's Italy and Spain and so many other yeah. countries that I want to yeah. go to. It makes you appreciate and kind of really look at Denmark. And you're like, wow, there's actually a lot of places here too. That there is, and they're very pretty. Yeah, like Clint and st- uh, things. It's just so pretty. It's uh, it's nice to be here. Yeah. So that's the good thing about the lockdown because yeah. we are able to appreciate the country we live in and then actually really look at it. It's like, wow, there is a lot of things to do here. Instead Definitely. of like, oh, let's just go to, you know, Spain for the week or Italy because those are just like, whoa. So that's one thing that I did notice that um, Denmark has. It had so many beautiful places and we never really looked at it because we we're just like, ah, oh, let's look at somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And also for me, when people find out I'm from Los Angeles, they're like, oh, what are you doing here? <laughs> it's like Los yeah. Angeles is like, whoa, it's a really cool place. I'm like, it's it's not really <laughs> that like cool. Like what you see on TV is not the same as, you know, living there. I don't know if you get the same thing of like when people find out Everyone you're from San, that, like, San Francisco. Oh, so how that happened that your husband didn't move and you moved here. And I was like, well, I had to be here for six months for work anyway. And I want to see my work through. But I'm like, why would I choose to have a child in any other country? Like, yes. this is the best place to be. And it's beautiful here. Yeah. And actually, Northern California is not as warm as Southern California. So I'm like, we actually do get cold weather in Northern California. So it's not that different from San Francisco. Not that different weather-wise from Denmark. Not, of course, this year we've had nice snow. So that's been really cool. 
for me, it was uh, the weather was really hard because yeah. we're used. Yeah, coming from LA, I can imagine. We are used to, or I am used to, winter being long sleeve and pants kind of day. Yeah, <laughs> and shoes. That's the only time I wear shoes is during the winter. Here, like it's <laughs> yeah. mandatory to wear shoes. So yeah. that was really difficult for me. Now I'm 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 coping with it a little bit, but when it's too long, like these two weeks that we had the, the snow. I liked it for two days and I'm like, okay, I'm over it. <laughs> I'm over the snow. <laughs> Let the sun come out or I want spring to come. <laughs> I've been to San Francisco. It's more or less the same. Cloudy, yeah. wet, not as windy, but cloudy and wet and cold yeah. during the winter months. And the funny thing is the seven years I've lived here in Denmark, it hasn't snowed this much at all. Like yeah, it did snow been, with one day. Yeah, it's been really nice. I've been I've been really happy. I loved it. The January and February for me have just been beautiful because it's been sunny. It's been snowing. I take that over rain any day. Yeah. And I've loved it. I've Like the first time it snowed, I went for a walk in the snow and I just enjoyed it. So I'm very happy with this winter. It's been beautiful. I am too, but now I'm ready for warm weather. <laughs> yeah. And March is just around the corner. Yeah. So I'm so like, okay. It'll be, it'll be nice and warm soon. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> the funny thing is when uh, summer comes, because here it gets very humid and hot. And I don't know if your house has it, but my house is not equipped for air conditioning. So it like keeps the mm-hmm. heat in. And now I'm like complaining, it's too hot. So I'm like, not. <laughs> I don't Yeah, I know what you mean, but it's only like one <laughs> week in the summer, one or two weeks at most. And so it's okay. And so in California, the ocean's usually, in Northern California, the ocean's too cold to swim in. Whereas here, the ocean's really nice. So this July last year, we, we were swimming every week. Like it was in the ocean, and that was really cool. Like jumping off uh, the boardwalk and into the ocean. And my son loves the water too, so of course he didn't jump off. He's too young, but um, <laughs> but uh, my husband would walk in with him, and I'm jumping into the ocean. I actually we loved it, I and mean, I love swimming, so it was really nice, and we enjoyed the warm weeks that we had. It was really warm last summer too. It was warm, extremely was really warm, warm. Yeah. and yeah. I, which is perfect for swimming. Yeah, it is. I uh, try to appreciate it. I was like, don't complain. Don't complain. It's going to go away. It's going to go away soon. And then you're going to be complaining it's cold. So I try to appreciate the warm weather here. Exactly. Because you've lived here for two years now and you know the warm weather doesn't last. (laughs) No. But that's what I love about Denmark, that we have seasons. We have different clothing for different seasons and different temperatures and different festivals in Copenhagen and different activities. And so it's really nice to be able to live here and have that. Yeah. And I love the city festival and I love that the whole city actually gets into it. And yeah. I forgot how much I missed that because in L.A. they do, you know, block parties and yeah, they do the block parties yeah. in the bigger cities here. They actually they do it. The block parties, yeah. the summer parties, the never realized that. And it's really nice. Yeah, so nice, especially with the whole winter party and then the summer party. I remember doing the yeah. Christmas party, but in the U.S., we never did a, sum- a summer party. I don't know if, you, if you, yeah. you were doing it in your corporate office in San Francisco. Um, no, we didn't. No, we didn't have a summer party. We always had one around Christmas time. So that was kind of it. But yeah, so do it's you work, been nice. Now, do you work for a Danish company or do you still work for No, your... I still work for the American company. Okay, so you... And I, and I work with Danish clients. Okay, so you just took over yeah. the European. Um... Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So I was global business developer and I focused just mainly on Europe. Oh, that's really nice that you were able to yeah. take your job back to Denmark because not a lot of people can do that or yeah. 
has the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Well, I moved to Europe for work mm -hmm. to grow the business for, for the company in Europe. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of my role anyway. So I focused overall in Europe, but in this last year in the pandemic, it's just made better sense to focus more on the Nordics. That's, that's really great that you were able to do that. And yeah, um, it is. Yeah, I'm fortunate. Yeah, <laughs> because there's so <laughs> many spouses or um, international that struggle. That are they, not working. Yeah, or they leave their high paying job to go to Denmark yeah. for, for love. And yeah. then they have a trouble, they have even trouble finding a normal job because they don't know the, the language. So you were yeah. fortunate enough to have that. And that's, that's really great. And you could still work there. <laughs> Are you still getting the benefit Danish benefits for having the one year yeah. maternity? Yeah, my okay. company has a policy of following the local laws. So holidays and um, yeah, so that yes, I do. Okay, that's that's good because yeah. imagine if they had yeah. the US policy and you move there's like no. <laughs> yeah. Three months back. But to I work. did start working a little bit after three months, but it wasn't full time for yeah. sure. No travel for sure. But I did start becoming available after three months okay. um, and doing some work and some meetings, setting up meetings at least, but not attending them myself. But yeah. Oh, that's good. So kind of yeah. uh, did something outside of baby time. Yeah. yeah. I'm uh, eligible for the Danish maternity okay. uh, system. That's good. What is one thing you appreciate about living in Denmark and having your son here? Something that you wouldn't get in the U.S., but is a benefit in Denmark. So the daycares, the Vogestus, is just amazing. So I and and I know from my peers in the U.S., they don't have the same. My son is thriving. He's so happy. My mom can see a direct contrast between him and uh, the kids in the U.S. And she mentions that to me and says that he's like so far ahead for his age group at this time. He's only 20 months, of course. He's a young kid. So I really like that. And I love that, you know, every aspect of it, like they're outdoorsy more. They, they try different things and learn more things. He's super adventurous, like whether it's like going on a sled in the snow, whether it's swimming in the ocean, walking in the forest, like he gets to have all the different experiences living here. And I love that. So I think for him, it's been it's been a really good experience as a child. And then in the Vogus too, so I'm the first one in my entire family in India and North America who's uh, chosen to send their child to uh, daycare. So he started at 10 months and I was like in two minds and things like that. But honestly, it's been such a good thing for him. And he's literally like growing and thriving and like people are just surprised with, he's always been ahead. He started walking at nine months. He, you know, his language has been developed faster than others and dual, like both English and Danish. So I think it's been a really good environment and, and we've been able to keep a good balance. So I've, I would send him only for five hours a day. Mm -hmm. Initially, it was less, and then I got to five hours. But now sometimes it's six because he's just enjoying it so much. He doesn't want to come home so quickly. So I think that was something I really appreciate in Denmark, how everything works and how everything is. They're so good about focusing on the child's well-being. Yeah, and then I food, also... Food-wise, too, like, his, he eats such healthy food, and, and we cook fresh meals every day. Like, I love the culture here and, uh, in terms of, you know, no takeout and, I mean, not, uh, like, no fast food and eating, like, home-cooked meals, fresh food every day. And I love that the eating habits here, I know there's a complete difference from the U.S. eating habits 
when they're toddlers or babies versus in, yeah. in Denmark. It's, it's more completely green. different. It's more green. It's like I remember my daughter was eating not the hot peppers, but the peppers, the green, red, orange peppers, yeah. like normal. I'm like, I've never seen that before with uh, kids in the U.S. It's like the, the last thing they want is peppers, ranch, cucumber. Yes, they do like ranch and cucumber. Uh, not ranch, uh, carrots and cucumber, carrots. but dipped in ranch. I remember yeah. that growing up. Yeah. But here they'll just have it plain because ranch does, is yeah. not here in Denmark. But Yeah, uh, they have and it. that's really nice. Yeah. So just the eating habits here. Also you, using utensils. I don't know yeah. if you noticed that uh, with your yeah. son that he's using utensils at one years old. That's what yeah. the daycare has taught them is to use a fork. Literally, right when they start eating, they always have a fork. And my yeah. my kids were and we always sit on the table yeah. and we eat like there. And he wants and now he'll say dirty and he wants to make sure his hands are clean yeah. and he has napkin and yeah. It's very nice. Yeah. And my mom keeps telling me it's very different in the U.S. It's very different in the U.S. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I've noticed. What my friends are like, oh, your your kid eats with utensils. I was like, yeah, is that is that different? Is that normal? Like, because I've never <laughs> I never had my kid in the U.S., so I have nothing to compare it to. They're like, no, they don't exactly. Actually, it's finger foods until they're two or three years old. I was like, I was like, no, not in Denmark. You're like you eat with a fork at one year yeah. old. You're it's like drilled into you to eat with a fork. You don't eat with your with yeah. your hands so that was like whoa <laughs> like the eating habits the going out playing in the rain in any kind of weather the experience that they have here is so different from from the u.s well it's different in los angeles if it rains no one goes out i don't know if it's the same in san francisco or uh, palo alto where it rains and no one goes out because you're not really dressed for it but here in denmark when it rains it snows it's windy it's anything you go out it doesn't matter anything yeah. I really enjoy that with with my with my kids, and it seems like you do too. I really do too. Like uh, I went back the uh, previous time I was in California. My brother was like, "Oh, we're going to send a cruise, but I think it's going to rain. Are you going to be okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, it rains all the time in Denmark, and there's no problem." I'm like used to. It. I'm like, I have a hood. I just put my hood on. It's no big deal. Yeah. I, it doesn't even affect me anymore. <laughs> no, it doesn't affect me. But it's I do like, like it. I mean, I like the weather here, so it's nice. Yeah. Since you live in Denmark, how are you, since you have also a Indian background and an American background, how are you balancing that tradition and culture within your household with the Danish you know, background too, all mixed in. So in it's one. actually really nice. My husband is uh, super enthusiastic about all cultures and traditions. So we celebrate all three. We do Fourth of July, we'll do Thanksgiving, we'll do Indian New Year, we'll do other Indian festivals. We do all the Danish ones. Uh, we just had Festivalen and we had dressed him up as Baby Shark and we do Halloween. Uh, we literally, we just celebrate. My husband and I just need a reason to celebrate and to have a nice meal and to have like drinks and things. Easter, we do the full Danish I'm like, oh, should we go to church? He's like, yeah, we don't really go to church, but <laughs> but we can do the you know all the other snaps and all the other traditions. Uh, we go to church on Christmas in Denmark when we visit his family, so they like to go, so we go with them, and and I and I love it. So so right from the beginning of our relationship, so our wedding, we had both Danish and Indian tradition, and of course there were American parts too. Like I had bridesmaids and things and bridal party and. Um, so that's how we keep it. And we tell, we dress our son up in uh, the Indian clothes when it is Indian traditions and we wear them too. And 4th of July, we'll put him in red, red, blue and white and celebrate that. And so I think it's been really nice for us that uh, both of us are similar and that we enjoy celebrating different. I love the Danish things and I want to adopt all the different areas and, and uh, learn how it is and do it the right way. And so we had like a, every year for New Year's, we do the 
New Year's just like the Danes do. And so we watched the Queen's speech. And this year I understood the speech in Danish. So that was nice. And uh, we have our, you know, Dan- Danish friends come over and we do noodle in the same way that, you know, jumping off the couch and, and all of that. So it's, it's really nice. I feel really blessed that uh, my husband shares the same enthusiasm as I do. So, uh, so, and my son gets very excited. He's very much of a, likes to try new things. And he's also very social. So he loves it, like having people there and doing different things. So you definitely, your son's definitely getting your guys's extrovert uh, personality. Very much, <laughs> very much. I think he's taken both and he's more than us combined. My husband and I both love to cook. So I'll get into the different Indian meals. Uh, he'll, he, he's a very, very good cook. So he can make pretty much anything. So when and the different festivals turn around, like, you know, he'll make the different foods and I'll do the Indian ones. And so it's, so my son gets to try different foods as well. Yeah, that's that's really yeah. good. You live somewhere where it's a bigger city, so of course there isn't so much eating out with with the different foods. Uh, I notice maybe I just live in a smaller city because I'm used to going to having Korean food, having a good sushi. I'm used to going to have Vietnamese food, Indian food, all like in the same day, or Mexican food. Do you ever experience like missing different types of food that you can't make at home that you can usually go out? So Copenhagen. And actually is known for having the most diverse foods yeah. uh, in, you know, and, and good Michelin restaurants. I think yeah. the most Michelin restaurants and things. So we actually don't lack on that. <laughs> we have a lot of variety. We live in Hellerup, which yeah. is just on the, just outside Copenhagen, just the city yeah. north of Copenhagen, which has houses and, you know, it's in Gentop to commune. So it's nice. And so food wise, we definitely don't lack anything. Yeah. We also now have a, we actually have a Filipino au pair now. Uh, yeah. So we get to try some different Filipino and Thai and Asian foods as well that she cooks at home. And uh, so that's really exciting as well. Uh, and I make different things. And I said, my, like my husband likes to try cooking different things too. But we get, we do have access to all the different kinds of foods in yeah. Copenhagen. So that's quite nice. That's good that you have that variety. We do have the variety. Yeah, yeah that's. I definitely don't have that and I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So, well, you're welcome to come here anytime. Yeah, I'm. I'm planning to. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be nice to sit face to face. Yeah, I will. Uh, soon, I will. <laughs> but mm-hmm. that is actually we're running out of time. My sound tech is waving at me. Stop! Stop! Yeah, I, I, running out of time. <laughs> and my, uh, I think my baby is asking for some lunch. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for uh, joining me and sharing about course. your life here in Denmark, here um, in the U.S. I'm always saying here in the u.s yeah. so i would uh yeah just thank you it just i was just getting into the conversation like we're having coffee so it's like now it's done i'm like oh okay yeah. i still had like four more and questions if any of your viewers have any uh questions and they want to message uh they're welcome to message you and ask for my contact yeah no i'll have uh, if you're open to it i can have your contact on this uh link so sure. that people can do it no problem so my email or yeah. yeah. So for yeah. the listeners, um, if you guys want to contact, everything will be on my website. Um, so I'm running out of time, and that's my so- dude. That's my cue. Thank you so much, Jackie. Yeah, to talk thank to you. you. Thanks, David. Bye. Bye. Until next time, everyone.